I had to ignore society. I had to water my dream. I had to visualize my dream. I had to tell everybody my dream. And I had to believe in it so much that I actually showed up and tried. And I went and lost 130 pounds. I biked across America. I did an Ironman and I did it all on plants. Welcome back to the Plant-Based News Podcast. In this episode, I'm sitting down with a remarkable and inspirational individual. Charlie Rocket is a globally recognized entrepreneur, speaker, and influencer on a mission to transform the lives of millions of people worldwide. Originally from Atlanta, Georgia, Charlie built a booming music business managing the careers of successful Atlantic artists such as Grammy award-winning rapper 2 Chainz and Travis Porter. He became a self-made millionaire in his 20s. But while he was reaching the heights of his career in the music industry, Charlie's health was deteriorating due to his food addictions and binge eating habits. At his worst, he weighed 305 pounds and he reports that he was consuming upward of 10,000 calories when he was binge eating. He was diagnosed with a serious brain tumor that was situated around his optic nerve and spine, which pushed him to radically transform his life. Charlie left the music industry and left Atlanta, relocating to California to begin a new chapter of his life. He has since lost 130 pounds and has been able to reverse his brain tumor. His remarkable transformation was in no small part due to switching to a vegan diet, which allowed him to keep his food addiction under control. He has now dedicated his life to helping others and inspiring communities to go after their dreams through his Dream Machine Tour and his Dreamer app, a powerful hybrid platform designed for those chasing their dreams. I'm excited to welcome Charlie Rocket to this episode of the Plant-Based News Podcast and to talk about his weight loss journey as well as the power of chasing your dreams. Hi, I'm your host, Robbie Lockie. And as always, if you like this episode, please don't forget to comment, like, and share. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It really helps get the message out there. Let's get to the episode. Thanks so much for joining us on the PBN Podcast, Charlie. What a pleasure to finally sit down with you, my friend, after so long. I can't wait to do this, man. It's been a long time coming, but there's no better time now, right now. If you can learn anything from my journey, it's that to live is to risk dying. To go is to risk having to come back home. But the greatest risk in life is to risk nothing at all. The person who risks nothing is nothing, becomes nothing. So go, go live, go journey. Because if you are chained to your current reality, you are a slave to your past. You have forfeited your freedom. So throw your seeds into the wind and trust that the universe will have you bloom where you belong. So before we talk about all the amazing things that you've been doing, and there are a lot of amazing things, let's go way back and talk about what brought us together and what connects us, which is plant-based, veganism, eating plants. Where did you discover eating and living in this way? Where did that all begin for you? I, had got, I used to be in the music industry, and I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and growing up in the South, in America, like it's a very unhealthy lifestyle. And I was 300 pounds, and at the height of my career, we had won Grammys and had world tours. But the music industry is a very um, stressful environment. And I got I got very sick. I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And in that moment of, of facing death, I I was I, I knew everything in my life had to change. Like everything. He created a hip hop empire in the heart of Atlanta. Everything he touched was big. Grammys, yeah. platinum records clothing lines, parties, 
His CEO okay. grind made him a millionaire. You might have thought that I was talking about multi-platinum recording artist 2 chains. What if I was to tell you I was actually talking about this guy? Finally tonight, America Strong, the man whose own ups and downs have inspired him to lift up others. Here's ABC's John Donvan. I'm in a dumpster. And who is this guy? Meet Charlie, the man responsible for much of today's Atlanta hip-hop culture. He started Street Execs, a management company and recording studio with clients such as 2 Chainz, Young Dolph, Travis Porter, and Bankroll Fresh. As an influential businessman featured in Forbes, Billboard, Inc., and Entrepreneur Magazine, he not only sold millions of records, he started multiple clothing lines, including the hugely successful Dabbing Santa Sweaters, which netted $2 million in 30 days. Which other hip-hop artist or true entrepreneur in, the, in this digital era? I think the guy to pay attention to is a guy by the name of CEO Charlie. That is Charlie Jabbily. Charlie Jabbily. This is Charlie. Good morning to you, Charlie. Good morning. Take a look at this man's transformation right here. And from that to that. Charlie Jabbily is a millionaire music mogul who walked away from his career to pursue his unrealistic dream of becoming an athlete. The bigger my business got, the bigger I got. Inside, I was, I was very depressed, I was sick, over 300 pounds, and diagnosed with a brain tumor. But I knew that everything had to change in my life if I was going to live. Sick and weighing over 300 pounds, Charlie decided to turn his life around. He retired from the music industry at the age of 29, moved from Atlanta to California, became vegan, and focused all his energy on becoming a full-time athlete. The one thing that was in common with like uh, like a pattern my whole life was how I ate. And I was so scared um, for my life that I, I called my mother uh, to come visit me in California because I, I didn't know if I was going to die. I just like I was just terrified. And I just wanted to spend time with my mom. And I remember the date. It was December 4th. And something told me to watch a documentary. And I watched Forks Over Knives. This was before, like, all the cool, like, plant-based documentaries came out. Heart disease is an absolutely toothless paper tiger that need never, ever exist. People who were raised in Japan, the Philippines, Korea, China, never had heart disease, prostate cancer, colon cancer, breast cancer, rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis. This is the atlas of cancer mortality in China. Virtually, the Western diet was non-existent. They had no animal products. They had no dairy, no meat. We learned that we could turn on and turn off cancer growth just by adjusting the level of intake of that protein. I knew at that point what caused most diseases. Our national authorities are simply excluding this concept in order to protect the status quo. With the Western diet, there are going to be half a million people in this country this year who will have to have the front half of their body divided, their heart exposed. Some people would call that extreme. I know of nothing else in medicine that can come close to what a plant-based diet could do. If you go through life thinking that what happens to you from a health perspective is based on your genes, you're a helpless victim. I reversed the diabetes. The diabetes is not coming back. I just can't understand what it's done to change my life. Diet is so much more important than anybody ever thought. To me, the answer is so simple, it's criminal. And it's just people starting to take responsibility for their health and starting to eat more plant-based foods. It's that simple. I just watched it, and it, it took me two seconds after I was done to make the decision. 
it wasn't a process. It wasn't a transition. It was just, I flipped a switch and I was like, I'll never eat meat again. Like I have to try to save my life. I actually did everything the wrong way when I first started because um, I would eat like all this like vegan food, but it was like very unhealthy and I I didn't know any better. I thought I would lose weight just because I cut out meat and dairy, but I kept gaining weight. I gained like 20 something pounds. I'm like, how's this possible? I'm vegan. But like, I just wasn't educated. And it wasn't until I learned about like, like being like more alkaline. And like getting all the acidity and all the inflammation out of my body. And I started eating a very like um, high vibrational diet. Like I I really asked myself a question. I said, if you are what you eat, is what I'm eating dead or alive? Now, it's just not animals that could be dead. You know, a cliff bar, for example, it could sit on the shelf for five years. That's pretty dead. You know what I'm saying? It's, It's vegan but it's dead you know so i just asked myself if there was like an instrument reading the energy coming off of the food is it glowing or is it like not glowing like if i were to put you know an instrument on an orange like it would glow like that vibration like it's literally vibrating with life like right now you know this because i was eating this before but like i'm eating a salad right now like very high vibrational and i noticed one thing in my life i started healing But I was able to unlock so many superpowers of manifestation. At this point in my life, all this magic came into my life and my signal, my antenna started to connect to all my dreams. Like you see the word behind me, dreamer, like that's what I identify with. But I never knew I had manifestation superpowers. When I started like vibrating, basically like I had five bars on my cell phone instead of one bar. I was able to truly connect, and I credit it to I credit it to food. Do you, Do you want to just explain a little bit, a little bit to the audience what you mean by manifesting superpowers? Because a lot of people talk about manifesting, bringing something into reality. You know, thoughts become things. Thoughts become words. Words become ideas. Ideas become actions. We're all connected in the way that we use our mind and our imagination. Because you know, take the cell phone for example. 100 years ago, it didn't exist. Now they're everywhere. Every single human being has a cell phone. But in the mind of a human being, once upon a time, there was this idea or a collection of people, this idea to create this remarkable piece of technology. But it goes through a very long process of ideas and and perfecting an idea. But talk us through your version of like what it means to manifest and bring things to life, bring things to reality, because you're certainly doing that. Like every morning, I wake up, And I sit in front of my fireplace with my notebook. I call it my quantum possibilities notebook. And I go into the future and I I write down everything that I see. Like we have an imagination and imagination is the greatest gift. I'm pretty sure when we're children, our imagination is so vivid. Then as we get older, the imagination goes away. Like when we're children, we could lay on the floor and like make up an entire world with this little airplane, you know, and it's like a whole world in our head. When we get older, that goes away. But what if we continue to exercise our imagination and we could see the future? Like our dreams, they're given to us for a reason. Like when we close our eyes and there's something that makes our hearts sing, that is for a reason. And it's very important for us to listen to that. It's very important for us to water that, water that dream. It's very important for us to tell somebody else that dream. The root origin of the word abracadabra means, as I speak, I create. When you think about the human species, 
we're the only species that can talk, but we also just happen to be the only species that can create. And our word is creation. They say, speak it into existence. There's, there's a reason why we say that. And it's not a bad thing. Like, it's like, you know, like tell everybody your dream, but also, you know, feel it. And with me, I noticed my manifestation superpowers ignited. When I started healing, when I got all the inflammation out of my body, it felt like the gravity went away. And it's just so miraculous what food can do to you. Food is so powerful that like if I were to remove um, all like processed sugars from my diet, for example, and then after three months, if I were to eat an Oreo, which is, you know, there's no meat or dairy in it. But like if I were to eat an Oreo, it would make me get a fever. That means my body's allergic to it. But if I always eat Oreos, my body won't be allergic, but it actually still is, even though I won't like break out into a fever. But like if I were to go three months without eating, you know, lettuce, and then I were to eat lettuce, my body wouldn't break out into a fever. That is meant for, it's meant for us. It's so healing to us and it's so alive. So for me, manifesting and dreaming it is it is a part of it's a holistic process it's not just what you do in your notebook or it's not just what you do when it's a new moon like last night was the new moon very good day for manifesting but we manifest all the time and we manifest in our subconscious but i'm very passionate about teaching people how to dream teaching people that if you can see it in your mind it's already done time hasn't caught up yet time is a is a construct that like is uh linear but these things, our lives already have defined paths. We're given certain dreams, and it's our job in this lifetime to align with our dreams because that is our purpose. That is our sole purpose. And a lot of times we might think we don't know our purpose. Well, I think we do. We just buried the dreams when we were little because society told us to be more realistic, do this, do that. But for me, when I was a little kid, I always wanted to be an athlete. But I was always overweight. So it didn't make sense for that to be my career. I buried the dream. But when I got diagnosed with my brain tumor, I went back to my dream. And it all started to make sense. Because I ended up in the biggest Nike commercial of all time. We won an Emmy for it. It was the Colin Kaepernick commercial. It made Nike stock price skyrocket billions. And I got to experience being an athlete on the biggest scale, even though I don't play for the Lakers. I'm not in the Olympics. I'm not fast. I'm a little chubby. I'm not tall. And I'm not particularly talented. But I was in the biggest Nike commercial of all time. Why? It's because my dream was supposed to be an athlete. Might not take a conventional method to get there, but it doesn't matter. It's your dream for a reason. And I had to listen to my dream. I had to ignore society. I had to water my dream. I had to visualize my dream. I had to tell everybody my dream. And I had to believe in it so much that I actually showed up and tried. And I went and lost 130 pounds. I biked across America. I did an Ironman and I did it all on plants. And my dream manifested because I would write in my notebook every day that I'm going to be in a commercial with LeBron James and Serena Williams. It's it's incredible. And that's the thing. You know, you, you're you also incredibly young as well. You What age are you now? 30, 34? 33. 
33, you're such a young man, you've achieved so much in your in your life already. And not to mention all the things that you've done before doing, you know, the dream app, you know, where you built this incredible platform, you know, this this really powerful way of connecting with people. I pretty much had everything you can imagine in life. Million dollar businesses, world tours, number one albums. We even won a Grammy. I left it all. When I was eight, I had this dream. But as you get older, society tells you what's realistic. You see, I wanted to be an athlete, but I was a chubby kid. It didn't matter to society what I was passionate about. It only mattered what I could realistically accomplish. I had everything anyone could ever dream of. But the bigger my business got, the more I buried my dream. And one day, I cracked. I became over 300 pounds. I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Despite everything going wrong, the most amazing people walked into my life at the right time. But in the end, I had to figure it out by myself. When you're broken, all you have left is your truth. I left my company, my friends, my city. I reinvented my entire life. I had to go back to that eight-year-old dream of mine. I will be an athlete. My story isn't over yet. You obviously talked about how you made the switch to eating plants, but have you always been the person that you are now? You're very, you're very positive and, you know, life is, you're very life affirming, but has this been your, your life state since you were a young child or was there, was it a slow and gradual process as you've kind of blossomed into the person you were really always meant to be? So I was always a good person, but I, I was always very angry and negative, very cynical. It wasn't until I healed that I became delusionally optimistic like very delusional like i see the beauty in everything i believe if something bad happens it's the greatest thing that it, that's ever happened because it's for a good reason because when i really add up in my life all the bad things that happen they all ended up being gifts and when something bad is happening i'll tell my friends i'll be like you know what santa claus doesn't deliver the presents when it's bright out the presents come when it's dark. That's when the gifts come. And if it's dark right now, and if we're going through a tough time, that means a really big gift is coming. And when I tune my frequency to the gratitude frequency, it unlocks so many possibilities. Like I start seeing all these amazing opportunities popping up. And I live by this philosophy of I am on a winning streak. No matter what, if I woke up this morning, I'm on a winning streak. I'm doing an interview with you. I'm on a winning streak. I got a nice, beautiful salad. I'm on a winning streak. I can afford a nice, beautiful salad. The sky is blue. It would be gray today, but as I'm looking outside, it's blue. I'm on a winning streak. And that's just that high vibration. It's, it's Like I said, it's a holistic approach to how I live life. But like that gratitude unlocks dreams. 
But what unlocks gratitude? Feeling good. What unlocks feeling good? How you eat. What unlocks feeling good? Also, your mindset. It all starts feeding each other. And it's just like, I tell people, like, just try it. Like, a lot of times we're all experiencing really bad things. No matter what it looks like on social media, every single one of us are experiencing things that are tough. But we see what we're looking at. But you are only looking at my green shirt because I just said green shirt. You are not looking at, you know, the sign once I say green shirt. You see what you're looking at. So am I looking at the wins or am I looking at the losses? When I look at the losses, guess what? I feel like a loser. When I look at the wins, I feel like a winner. This is just very simple ABC stuff, but we have to practice it. Just like we wake up and we brush our teeth every day because we want our teeth to be nice, right? So it's like I wake up and it's like, okay, I'm on a winning streak. I have to keep this winning streak going. So let me find wins all throughout the days. I'm going to fill my mind with the wins. And next thing you know, all the magic is unlocking. This episode is kindly supported by our friends over at Newzest. Newzest are the creators of Clean Lean Protein. It's powerfully plant-based and complete with all nine essential amino acids. It's a natural source of iron and encourages recovery, vitality, and muscle repair. From seed to tub, they only use the ingredients you need and the cleanest processing required to bring them to you. I love this product. I use it in smoothies. I make muffins with it. It is fantastic. And my favorite flavor is strawberry. So if you like the sound of this product, please check out newsest.us forward slash PBN20 to get 20% off your first order. The world that we live in today is is uh, so much in flux. Is you open your 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 mobile phone and look at the news, or go on social media, and there's so much negativity. Not from the big news and the horrible things that are going on in the world, but in the comment sections, people tearing each other to pieces, and a lot of anger and a lot of aggression. You know, human beings can be incredibly generous and kind, and kindness is you know really I think the lifeblood of our humanity. But then there's also a lot of darkness as well, Charlie. Like, how do you deal with all the negativity and the, and the terrible things that are in the world without you know it? overwhelming you because when you do start to look at it and there is so much of it it can kind of engulf you and and how do you personally avoid that how do i deal with it i don't right i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you why i'm driving down the street on the right there's a car wreck on the side of the road on the left is a beautiful sunset what is the most tempting thing to look at the sunset no everybody if there's a car wreck people cannot not look at it they're like right. driving by, like they're like literally about to get in a wreck looking at the car wreck. The because morbid it, curiosity. Because it's, it's exactly like when something bad happens, it's very addictive. But what brings more peace? Every 100% of people would agree that the sunset brings more peace. So it's just a choice. Just like, am I going to punch somebody or am I going to talk to somebody to work it out? It's a choice. I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to feed my addiction to positivity. Some people wake up in the morning and they feed their addiction to negativity. I don't deal with negativity. If there's uh, negative comments under my page, I do the little restrict, delete comment. Like my page is not a democracy. There is no freedom of speech on my page. I will delete anything negative. If somebody's bringing negativity to me in my real life, I can I can de-arm somebody by just like listening to them. Be like, you know what? 
let me learn from you real quick. Once they feel heard, the negativity goes away. It's just an easier way to live. I'm just interested in peace. That's all I'm really interested in life. So I'm not going to do things that like are too extra that would bring me, you know, I wouldn't like, I'm not confrontational. I don't want to be confrontational. It's not worth it. I love my sleep, you know, but it's just choices I make. I recommend anybody practice, get addicted to the sunset and not the car wreck. Both are amazing to look at. I'm not going to lie. Negative stuff is really like it, it fires stuff off in the brain and it's like kind of exciting. But, you know, there's other options. Just like there's something bad in the world. There's just as many good things, maybe more good things in the world. There probably is way more good things happening. There's so much beauty in this world. And, and despite all the horrors of our, our planet, there is also equal, if not more, good things to look at and connect with. And, you know, I have a lot of friends recently have been asking me, how are you dealing with all the stuff that's going on and everything that has happened over the last few years? And ultimately, I was just, as you said, remind people that we have to accept the things we cannot change. And we also have to acknowledge that the things that we can change let's dive into them and try and change them. You know what I mean? That if you really want to change the world and you believe that you have it, that ability to change it as you do, you believe you can help people, you know that you can help people, you know that you can lift people's vibration, help them feel better about themselves, give them the courage to make those changes they want to make in the world, you know, and try and remove that inertia and that fear. Because I genuinely believe fear and courage are opposing forces. If you do not have courage to build the life that you want and to take chances and to take risks, you have become overwhelmed and uh, and kind of held back by fear. And fear pervades our world. It's in the media. Everywhere we look, there's fear, fear, fear. And that's where people like yourself come in, where we give encouragement because the word courage lives inside of the word encouragement. And that's what I, I genuinely believe that when we give other people encouragement, we are literally giving them our courage, a bit of our courage. Every single time we say something kind, every time we give a smile, we are giving a person a little slice of courage that helps build their sense of self and feel a little less afraid to make those big leaps of faith, whether it's out of a job or out of a relationship that's destructive or take a risk on starting a business or follow their dream, right? And it's so important that people believe this because I think we can sometimes really downplay the importance of kindness, downplay the importance of kind words and smiles and, and embraces and think that they're trivial, but they really are not. I just have to say that was incredible incredibly well said i, I love <laughs> that was good stuff thank you well i mean it's inspired by people like you charlie like i what gets me out of bed every day is being able to talk to people like you who share my personal vision of the world that human beings are innately kind compassionate creatures that we have that love in us we're born with it as children we are so innocent and gentle and yet we are born into this very challenging world and that is the point right that we are born gentle and we're born innocent, but we are born into suffering and challenging situations that really forge the steel of which we are made of in many ways. And we can obviously let life make or break us. And you certainly are testament to that method, <laughs> for sure. But I, I want to talk about a bit about your health uh, and how things have been in your journey, because it's been a remarkable journey for you. You mentioned and you talked about your health challenges, you you experienced a, a brain tumor, right? Mm -hmm. And were able to kind of reverse your way 
out of that? Was it diet alone or did you, did you have any chemotherapy or did you have surgery? What was, what was your journey and what was it like going through something like that? It was a, it's an inoperable brain tumor. It was wrapped around my arm, wrapped around the artery going into my brain. Uh, I had it for a long time. The doctors always thought I had migraines. Um, it was, I had it for so long, it started sitting on top of the top bone of my spine, started corroding it. It was an in, inoperable brain tumor. Um, chemotherapy was an option. A, a medication was an also option. And the medication started affecting my heart valves. So it was kind of like a catch-22. And I asked the doctors, I was like, why do I have a brain tumor? I never thought to ask that. And they didn't have an answer particularly. They just said a certain percentage of people, you know. My gut told me that it was how I ate. Because at school, in high school, when I was first diagnosed with my brain tumor, I was diagnosed in high school, so under control, and then it like reared up at the age of 28 again. In high school, it would be after I ate lunch, these migraines would flare up every day, right after lunch. And, you know, school lunches in America are very unhealthy. You know, tater tots and pizza and french fries, you know? So I'm just doing, I'm connecting all these dots and just trying to do my own kind of like, I think the word is like a empirical, like just like learning your own, forming your own analysis. Taking things into your own hands. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? My diet could be possibly the, the problem. You know, I don't wage a war against Western medicine. I think Western medicine is right. I think Eastern medicine is right. So let's use both where we need to. And I, uh, I just, you know, I said, you know what, let me, let me try this, this plant-based thing. And my, when my body started healing, I saw so many things change. I saw acne go away. Obviously, I lost 130 pounds, reversed a brain tumor. And lately, I've been experiencing some really interesting health challenges. I won't say problems, but I feel like I've kind of come out on the other side very, like, like I'm figuring it out. So over the past three years, I have gained 50 pounds despite being insanely healthy. Like a lot of people have tried to help figure out what my problem's been. So like my business partners, they live with me every day. They see what I eat. They see my exercise, you know, like Nike master trainers, like all these different experts have come into my life trying to figure out why I keep gaining weight because I'm up 50 pounds from my lowest weight currently and we can't figure out why so we've seen some human biologists um we've done all the blood tests and everything come to find out one of the big reasons is um i have this um insulin resistant so that's uh basically pre-diabetic it's it's a challenge because as a as a plant-based eater tend to eat more carbs you know when when you're keto uh it's just you know, you're, you're restricted. I mean, obviously, vegetables, not, not all vegetables have carbs, but it's just you tend to eat more carbs, you know, as plant-based. And, and I'm like, okay, I got to restrict my carbs. So we got to get, we got to fight this because being insulin resistant, being pre-diabetic is a real thing I'm dealing with. And I would crash and I'd have this chronic fatigue. Come to find out, like, I have a very, like, inflamed, like, Epstein-Barr virus. Like, 90% of People have Epstein-Barr, but like it all depends on how inflamed it is in your body. Like it's kind of like chickenpox, for example. Like every kid has chickenpox, so you got chickenpox in you, but only a certain percentage of people get shingles, which is just chicken chickenpox for like grown folks. So Epstein-Barr 
causes so many like uh things inside the body which um like medical medium he speaks about this in his book uh quite frequently he says it's like the silent like disease or the invisible disease like in america i know this is beyond america on this but like america is very unhealthy for anybody wondering so like epstein Barr, insulin resistant and coming to find out it looks like i might have a mold toxicity as well which is causing leptin resistance and i guess like i'm just learning about this stuff but like leptin resistance is basically like the the hormone isn't getting to the hypothalamus part of the brain saying you know you're full and so your body thinks it's in starvation mode so it just keeps storing fat how accurate this is once again experts who's ever listened to this don't go attack me i'm just learning this stuff i'm a student i'm not a teacher you're on a journey I'm on a journey. There's plenty of people who try to attack me. You don't really hurt my feelings when you do, but I am a student. I am not a teacher. I'm interested in, in that. So so your journey, your personal health journey, you've had people uh, criticize you for trying different things. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, there's, there's health experts. And the thing is, they're all right. Everybody is correct. Everybody knows their stuff. And they know different things, you know? So... These people are going to argue with these people and these people are going to argue with it. The problem is they're all right. Like the person who says, you know, go keto and lose weight. He's right. Then the person who's over here is like, go plant-based. He's right. Like the people who say like, do what Dr. Sebi says, they're right. Like I know people who eat bacon and freaking cheese and lose weight. They're right. Diets all work in some way if you if you use them correctly, because often dieting is about calorie restriction. And if you have a certain amount of calorie restriction based on exercise, you can and will generally lose weight. But if you throw other health complications in it, and of course, I'm not a doctor or a dietitian. Uh, I'm a nutritionist, but I'm not a dietitian. So just put that disclaimer in there. And this is not medical advice, but we, you know, ultimately the idea is, is that if you burn more calories than, uh, than you consume, your body will naturally lose weight. But as you pointed out, there may be other deciding factors that we don't know about with the body. There are viruses, there are bacteria, there are molds and fungal infections that can cause huge amounts of imbalance. There's gut microbiome, the whole, and there's an episode on the Plant-Based News podcast with Dr. Will Bolshevitz. He is a gut uh, microbiome expert and the whole gut microbiome of the human body is an entire universe it is just billions of individual organisms living inside you giving you life and and a lot of the time our the, the root of our health problems in many people especially in the west is our gut and all the things that go on inside the gut our gut gives us our happy hormones our serotonin our dopamine um, we've got lots of um, nerve cells in our gut that are the same in our brain and when people say i feel it in my gut there is a connection between the brain and the gut there's like an axis that connects the gut the heart and the brain and there's this really fascinating emerging science about how if we mistreat our gut we affect every aspect of our body from our mental well-being to our sleep to you know our ability to lose weight and maintain a healthy weight so there's a huge there's a huge uh, universe which of course you are on this journey which is really incredible really whilst you're also trying to run you know an incredible organization as well which i really want to talk to you about too but you know your your health journey has been you know been ongoing and it is ongoing and and you know we're definitely going to keep following it and i'm going to keep watching and please keep us updated because uh, you know i'd love to hear how people transform their lives uh through health because it is health is a journey right every person is different we all have our own challenges and our own trauma and we could probably do a whole 
episode on trauma, but we'll, we, we won't. I'd love to learn, uh, turn the conversation to dreams and Dream Machine Tour and, and your, your organization, which you've created. Man, we got a TV, we got an iPhone. Now we're about to pull up at our house. We are about to make the big surprise. This is the moment. We just pulled up at our house. We're on the west side of Detroit. We have a bus full of stuff. It's about to be Christmas in October. Everybody always likes ways to Thanksgiving and Christmas to help. But people need help and they need help now. We don't have to wait for the holidays to help people. So that's what we're doing today. We got blessed with some great friends who were able to help us purchase all this. Look at this bus. We're gonna walk straight up to her door and she's not going no way. This is crazy. This is the dream machine. This is God's plan. This is this is the moment. This is what we're doing. It is time. Put something on. What is this? Wait a minute. Hold on. Don't freak me out right now. Oh my gosh, wait, you got me shaking. What is going on? What is happening now? What are you doing right now? Listen, I am, I am busy that you know, guys. Oh, thank you so much. There you go, little mama. First of all, like when did it all begin this? Where did the idea for it come and tell us where it is today? The idea became when like that Nike commercial came out and I got to experience my dream come true moment. In that moment, like I said, you know what? I'm gonna dedicate the rest of my life to helping other people experience their dream come true moment. I sold my house. I, I moved into my dream machine RV and I just set out across America and started helping people and asking people, what's your dream? And it started off with just me and then one person came, the team started growing, the bigger and bigger and the movement got bigger and we started a foundation and I think last year we raised over four million dollars for people and it's just blown up man it's 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 become really big um i think when i started i had about a hundred thousand followers and it's really hard to get good news to spread as fast as bad news but we have found a way somehow through experimentation we now have seven million followers and we're just getting started as far as we want to build the most innovative foundation. We want to build the movement. We're going to launch all these initiatives and funds. And like we did something cool a few months ago where we went to Kentucky to help the, the tornado victims. They were hit by a god-awful tornado and lost everything. We were able to raise $1.6 in three weeks using social media. Just Making posts on Instagram and TikTok and going live and just rallying the army of love. What's your dream? To have my home back. We don't have a home now. Everything just started breaking. Glass started coming through the door. We're yelling is help, help, help. You always want to be able to tell your kids. It's going to be okay. How do you say that when you don't know? They're not going to be able to have a Christmas. So let's give them the best Christmas ever. We really blew up. Like, on, we got on the world stage when there was this gentleman. He was sitting on a shopping cart outside of a grocery store in Hollywood. Older gentleman. And I, I asked him, I said, what's your dream? And he said, well, I used to be a world-famous painter, 
artist. He said, my dream would be to have my work in a gallery one day. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this man's homeless. I was like, you know what? What if we, what if we like, instead of just giving him money to get out of homeless, what if we built him a business that could last him forever? And so we built him a, a website to, for him to sell his art. We threw him an art gallery in Beverly Hills, sold out. He sold a painting for 26000 When we launched his website, he sold $300,000 worth of art. Oprah bought a painting. Steve Harvey bought a painting. It was, it was wild. And, you know, that just really fired us up to be like, wow, like, we really can make a difference in this world. Let's work harder. And we've been touring across the United States for the past few years. And it's taken a toll on me. I am not going to lie to you, my man. It's taken a toll on me. Like my audience, they see me get sick quite often. And it's usually right after we do one of these big give backs. So one of the things that I'm practicing moving forward is creating my non-negotiables. Because I'm so passionate about my mission that I'll forget to heal myself. Even though I eat good, even though I exercise that's not enough because you got to protect your energy. You got to get rest. I'm now becoming a master of sleep, meditation, making sure I take time to journal. Sometimes just going on a walk and just being by myself, having a long time. If I wake up and I plug right into the machine or plug right into the mission, yeah, you get a lot of stuff done, but there comes a cost with it. But I will tell anybody who's listening, it's okay. It's okay to double down to get something done, just as long as you don't stay stuck there. Like, I had to double down. I was experiencing momentum, and I could make a choice. I could slow down, or I could speed up. And sometimes when you see that light at the end of the tunnel of, like, getting a business off the ground, which is very difficult. Getting a foundation off the ground is even more difficult. I saw the light at the end of the tunnel, and we're so close to being able to get this thing. And I doubled down. It took a big toll on my body, but I have no regrets because I built something bigger than me. And I had an opportunity and I had the phone lines ringing. I've been very sick. Like all of January, I was basically sick. I've gotten COVID twice. And like I said, I've been gaining all sorts of weight and I've had different times where my body's just shut down and I can't even function. I wouldn't recommend myself to keep doing that. But I am proud of what I did to get this thing off the ground. So I'm not going I'm not going to lower the frequency by saying what I did was wrong. But I, I'm not interested in having to keep doing that. Mm, it's such good advice, Charlie. And I can honestly, like you just speaking there, just reminds me of myself so much that I've sacrificed a lot, my personal health, my relationships, my family, my mental well-being in so many ways to build what I want to, what I've been building with Klaus, uh, um, my uh, co-director at PBN. Uh, and just to have that mission, you know, that vision in front of me at all costs. But it, it as, you know, as you said, it, it really comes at a cost. You have to be mindful that there's only so much your body can give you before it starts to break down. You know, we can give and we can give and we can give, but if our cup is empty, how are we ever going to serve anybody else? It's so important to make sure that we are looking after ourselves. I'm constantly being reminded by the, my loved ones around me, look after yourself. You're no use to the animals. You're no use to humanity. You're no use to this platform you've built. If you are in hospital or you are putting yourself in an early grave, I'm 43 years old and uh, 
you know, if I if if I'm in a in that age, I'm starting to head towards that age bracket where if I get too much stress on my heart, is I'm a heart attack risk, right? So, you know, we have to be mindful of our body's limitations, but at the same time, it is worth the risk sometimes because, as you say, if you've got a vision and you really believe in what you're doing, you have to keep going and and just keep and and just trust that your body will give you, you know, what it needs. But there's a line and you need to know when the line is uh, there and you need to trust, look for the red signals, right? I'm sure you have them. I'm sure you know what you feel in your body when you're doing this amazing work and you can start to see the warning signs, the anxiety or the burning in the chest or the there's all sorts of things that often happen, right? So it's important to listen out for those signals. But I'm really excited to, to sort of try and understand as well some of the various aspects of, you know, your platform and what you're doing there's the dreamer app which I'm, a, I'm an ex app designer and ux designer i love connecting people through technology you know it can be really technology can be a pain in the ass and it can be really negative in our lives but it can also change the world because it allows us to connect to anyone anywhere on earth instantly and isn't it and it blows my mind it still blows my mind that we're able to do this you're another human being on the other side of this tiny little rock floating in space and we're talking to each other via like this amazing machine but you've built something called the dreamer app which is so cool tell me i'd love to hear about it it's basically like when you're chasing a dream nobody nobody has ever done it by themselves nobody ever is like steve jobs has steve wozniak right? You can rely on the universe to pair you with the person. But normally, we have very, a lot of similarities. For example, uh, the COO of my business, he lived in a different city, and he has so many similarities to me. He was almost exactly like me. Loved basketball, loved hip hop, loved making dreams come true, refused to work a nine to five, had a vision to build a movement with dreamers across the world. And it's like Dreamer, the app is basically like Tinder, but for dreams. It's just not relationships. It is a relationship. But when you find somebody who's just like you that has the same drive as you, it's just so much more fun to chase the dream when you got a friend, when you got a partner. And every great organization has had Dreamers come together to build something, to build the dream. So Dreamer is the community to find other people that are just like you who y'all share the same dream. But then you could also use it in really fun ways of like, you could see somebody else's dream and you could be like, you know what, I have a resource. I could help you with that. So it has this culture of helping because that's what we do every day anyways. But yeah, like in its rawest form, it was like if LinkedIn was Tinder. well i love that connecting people through shared dreams um i particularly love the logo which is the flower of life and uh you know is there uh, i didn't really ask you in the beginning but you know there is a sort of spiritual undertone to a lot of the stuff that you talk about um are you spiritual yourself do you practice a religion are you buddhist are you christian you know what is your philosophy when it comes to all that is it's a big question but like how do you kind of connect to the world through that that sort of lens because it's clearly present I'm extremely spiritual, and I think Jesus, and I think Buddha, and I think all these guys are unbelievable. Like, I grew up, you know, being Christian, but I don't think God would say only the people who believe in this guy and everybody else goes to hell. You know, that just isn't something God would, I don't think God would do. 
You know, I think like when I think about it, like Jesus wasn't a Christian. Buddha wasn't a Buddhist. People after them made these things. But what everybody says is love. I look at church very similar to how I look at like yoga class. To me, it's energy work that brings us back to love. When we're at church, we find something inside of us that's so magical. Like that God is in us. When we go to yoga, we find something inside of us. We don't find it in the yoga instructor. The yoga instructor helps us, just like the pastor might help us. Or when we meditate, we find something inside of us. And when I think about all these different aisles of the grocery store, they're all in the same grocery store. It's 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 all the same thing. It's groceries. And I think that there are so many beautiful things with religion and there's so many beautiful things with spirituality and it's all saying the same thing love and so i think god is love and however somebody chooses to participate in finding love is the right way there's not a one wrong way to find love and that to me is God. You know, God in in the traditional sense, you could be seen as a vibration. It could be seen as an energy, a frequency. When I was a child, my grandmother wrote me a poem on a piece of paper and she said, God is, and all that is, is God. And no matter what religious umbrella you stand underneath, God is the umbrella and also you. And I always remembered that. I was I I didn't really kind of subscribe to the the traditional ideas of Christianity. My my grandmother was with Catholic. My family were Protestant. I've become a Buddhist, but I do believe that the idea of community, of compassion, of love, of friendship—you know—all the things that are the source of our humanity. Those are the beautiful things that we must preserve as people. And that's one of the reasons I'm vegan. I believe that our compassionate nature must be protected. I believe that sentient life, the beautiful majesty of sentient life, which is conscious beings like you and me and my cat Nala and all the beautiful animals and earthlings we share this world with, is so precious. But you know the dreams that we have for this beautiful world for 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 the things we want to achieve are something that we really need to protect because obviously at the end of the day you know we're all just human beings trying to survive and and we need each other right you know this whole idea that we are separate from each other and and separate individuals is an illusion And when we when we realize that, and we realize that together, as as a as a sort of team, the dream team, <laughs> we can achieve so many things, and that's what's so frustrating about our species, right? That we are capable of so much. And when we get together and do, you know, you and your team and what you're doing, and you're helping people, you know, if anyone's listening who hasn't seen Charlie's Instagram and your socials, please go and watch all the videos and check out all the amazing experiences because seeing those people and the way you've helped them, there's nothing more rewarding in life, right? Than that feeling of helping another, that seeing yourself and that other person and, and lifting them out of that sort of dark place. You know, how does that feel for you? Because obviously you've been doing this work for a while now, but does that feeling ever get tired, boring? Do you ever get bored of that feeling? It seems like a dumb question, but well, you know, most people most people say to me like, like Charlie, it's got to be the most amazing feeling doing what you do. And I, I do say like it is amazing. But when I was in my darkest place, I said, God, you've done so much for me. What can I do for you? He said, go give love. Said, okay. 
I was like, when I get out of this, when I get out of this, I'm going to dedicate my life to reaching my hand back. And so when I help people, it's not this insane euphoric feeling. It's just what I'm supposed to do. This is, I wake up and I'm like, I'm supposed to help people. Like, this is what the rest of my life will be. So it's, it's yes, it feels great. But it's not like we're popping champagne. It's, no, no, this is what we're supposed to do. I'm able to sleep really good at night. And that's a good feeling. Being able to, like, go to sleep knowing I'm doing my best. But when we help somebody, we're already on to, like, okay, let's see who else we can help. Those stories, of, and which there are many, have you got a couple that you could share about the successes and the things that you've done? You shared one about the gentleman with the, the, the art. Um, but have you got another story that you could share with us as another one of your favorites? Yes, this little girl named Lila. She has this very rare disease called CRPS. Uh, they call it the suicide's disease because so many people who have this, they commit suicide to get rid of the pain. It comes out of nowhere. She was just random day as an eight-year-old, and out of nowhere, her leg just went into this straight, like, knife-stabbing tingle that's all the time. A lot of people amputate their limbs. There's no cure for this. There is a treatment to reduce the pain. And her dream was to be able to be able to have this treatment. And I'm thinking to myself, no 10-year-old girl should have to have that as a dream. So I asked her, I said, well, what's your real dream? If you didn't have CRPS, what is your real dream? She says, I want to be a baker. I want to be on this bacon, this kid's bacon show. I was like, okay. So we asked her to cook us some cookies and they were delicious. And so we wanted to surprise her with her own pop-up bakery. So we 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 surprised her. She we took over this bakery, we outfitted it as Lila's Dream Bakery, and we threw an event to raise money. We got five thousand people to show up. The line was a mile and a half long. It was incredible. Um, we were able to raise forty thousand dollars at this event, and then wow. we launched the website for her. And in the first day, she sold $450,000 worth of cookies. That is incredible. <laughs> it, was, wow. it was so unbelievable. And she wanted a pet pig, so we got her a pet pig. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. And and the platform itself, you know, because obviously a lot of people will ask, like, how is it funded and how is it supported? Have you got angel investors or people kind of donating? How do you maintain the growth of what you're trying to do? Because, you know, you're about scaling it and reaching more people and helping more people. How do you keep it kind of running and, and, and moving forward? So it's kind of an innovative model. We have donors that support our foundation, but then we use social media so we can rally the troops to help the people we're helping. You know what I'm saying? So like for Lila, we start the thing off. Like we might have started her off with like twenty or thirty thousand dollars ourselves, but then the fans got her to five hundred thousand. So um we are a foundation. Dreamer is a for profit company. So Dreamer has its own investors. The foundation, which is the Dream Machine Foundation, it's just a traditional nonprofit. We fundraise, you know, and we use that money to go help people. So we're growing rapidly. I really think the Dream Machine Foundation is the new age make-a-wish, you know, the innovative make-a-wish foundation for the next generation of TikTok and Instagram. Um, I never would have thought I'd be a TikToker, but I'm a TikToker. It's amazing. We love you for it. So the platform itself is obviously expanding and growing, but you know, where do you see it in five, 10 years time? Do you see yourself in every country around the world? Like, you know, what's the big vision 
for the dream team? Big vision. We're bringing dreamers together. We're throwing music festivals. We're throwing Chase the Dream festivals. The app has millions of dreamers who are connecting with each other every day. We've got hundreds of dream machines all over the country and the world making dreams come true. We we usher in the next generation of philanthropists. and We create a content media network where we're bringing all these philanthropists in under us and able to help them make a living by helping people so I can replicate me and the foundation becomes one of the biggest foundations in the world and it's all about dreams and we have a TV show coming out with Steve Harvey and we have books coming and we have tours coming with A-list celebrity artists, recording artists making dreams come true alongside their tours. Merging entertainment, social media, philanthropy all into one because the next generation, they really care about social impact. We want to be the next generation's foundation, not old school, new school. Absolutely. Such, such well, such very well said, Charlie, honestly. So just coming to the end now, because we're at the top of the hour and, you know, I really love talking to you. And to be honest, I could probably talk to you for another hour or two because there's still so much I want to ask you. But, you know, we'd like to keep things roughly an hour. I'd love to do a part two with you at some point in the future, if you will have us. There's going to be a lot of people out there who've been really challenged by the pandemic, by businesses, you know, going under, by losing family, and they've still got their dream. You know, it's there in their heart and their mind. You know, what advice have you got for them right now if they are really struggling and, and just don't see how they could ever achieve what they want to achieve? I want them to understand this one thing. Your life is a movie, and the really bad scenes... The, the scenes with all the challenges, those scenes are what makes the movie an award-winning movie. So appreciate these bad scenes because when we come out of this, it becomes that Oscar-winning movie. So appreciate, disarm any bad that's happening by showing gratitude. I had to show gratitude towards my brain tumor. I had to show gratitude towards my weight. I had to show gratitude towards anything that bad has happened. Remember, your soul chose these problems because it is our job to overcome those problems. I am a motivational speaker, but I, my soul chose me who is, has social anxiety. Me, who was afraid of going into uh, large crowds, but my soul wanted me to overcome my challenges so I can be the best version. So appreciate everything. Find the gratitude. Find the winning streak. Shift the frequency. Everything you want is already done. Time just hasn't caught up yet. Dream crazy. Dream bigger. Add some zeros on the end. Have fun with it. Believe it's possible. Believe bigger. Believe so big that they now think you're crazy because crazy is actually more fun than not being crazy. If you're going to live a life, you might as well live one of the most interesting lives ever lived. And if you woke up this morning, you are on a winning streak. That is an opportunity. Pull out your notebook, write about the future, Look at the wins. Only look at the wins. Identify yourself as a winner. Stop looking at the losses because the losses are history. This history. But the future is this beautiful place that we can create. So go to the future in your mind. Live there as much as you can. 
and believe that that's possible. Show up, work hard, say it's going to be easy. Don't say, oh, it's going to be hard. I got to grind. Don't even say that. Just say it's going to be easy because miracles happen every day. Every single day. Mathematics is correct. One plus one equals two. That is right. But miracles is one plus one equals a thousand. And miracles are right too because miracles do happen. And you deserve a miracle. I got to experience mine. And if you do enough research, you'll see that there's millions of miracles that happen all the freaking time. So you deserve it too. So that's my advice. Such great advice, Charlie. Thank you so much. Before I let you go, I always like to ask my guests this one final question. If you were stuck on a desert island and it was just you and a pig, (laughs) obviously you're not going to eat the pig because you're vegan. (laughs) But if I could give you one vegan dish, one music album, and one book, what would you take with you on your desert island? I need like a a taco. My tacos are like my favorite things. I need like a a taco of some sort. My favorite album would probably be, I'm from, like, I'm really from Atlanta. So like, like, I don't know if your audience will know, but Shawty Low, Units in the City, favorite album of all time, RIP Shawty Low. A book, Shoe Dog, Shoe Dog, Phil Knight, Nike Story, unbelievable book. Amazing. Mr. Charlie Rocket, thank you so much for joining us on the PBN podcast. What a pleasure to hear a bit of your story, my friend. Love you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure. Thanks for joining us, everyone. I've been your host, Robbie Lockie, and this is the PBN podcast. We're back next week with more veganism, food, fashion, animals, and everything in between. 